Why talk about fears? <laughs> Mahina na yung ating ano. According to Anxiety Disorders Association of America, and our American brethren can testify to this, up to 10 million Americans struggle with persistent anxiety every year. So, yung anxiety, kapag hindi na-resolve, it can turn to fear. In USA Weekend Magazine, most Americans fear about two things. On one end is the death from a car crash, cancer, food poisoning, victim of violence, exposure to foreign and AIDS virus, natural disasters, and plane crash. Secondly, Americans are afraid of financial disasters such as inadequate social security and not enough money for retirement, losing job, and stock market crash. So on one end are problems in various areas. On the other end are problems related to money. What about us here in the Philippines? What are our fears? Some people are already quite concerned about the big one that is uh, anticipated by Philbox to come. However, if you still recall, two Sundays ago, I shared a message about the positive fear that can remove all fears from Psalm 34, and it is about um, the fear of the Lord. If you don't have fear of the Lord, these are the general responses to fear, four Fs. Number one is freeze. You stop with what you're doing because you're scared. The second is you fight. The third is you run away or flight. And the fourth is you just keep on living with fear in your heart. When I surveyed the Bible, there are four basic responses to fear. Number one is uh, isolation or hiding. Number two is uh, lying. So, takot si Abraham, nagsinungaling. Takot si Isaac, nagsinungaling. Pangatlo is we give in or we compromise to the object of our fear and its wants. So when we are scared, we tend to compromise. We get involved in corruption. We get involved in immorality. Sometimes we involve ourselves with crime. And the other is we eliminate the object of fear. So Saul was afraid that one day David will become king. So his response, kill him. Or if you cannot kill him, you kill yourself. So last July 7, I shared to you about the positive fear, and that is fear of the Lord. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed are those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His saints. To those who fear Him, there is no one. The young lions do lack, suffer hunger, but those who fear the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing and we define what fear of the lord was number one if you fear the lord you give him primary importance number two if you fear the lord you give him your full trust and number three you give the lord the highest honor in your life so today we discuss how to overcome negative fear and uh the psalmist begins with the declaration, and actually we sang that earlier in Christ Alone. The psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, 
in spite of this, I shall be confident. You know, the word fear is used at least 460 times in the Bible. <laughs> so humanity has been plagued with fear from Genesis chapter 3 up to the present. And we are scared about so many things in our lives. From simple things like being alone when you grow old, to being sickly when you are old, to when you are old, you don't have money to support yourself. Or three, you're even scared about what will happen to your children. But look at that declaration. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I dread? My heart will not fear. I shall be confident. Mayabang lang ba si David? O may pinagyayabang siya? So what was the circumstances of the psalmist? Maybe he does not have a problem like I do. Well, if you look at the psalm, he was surrounded by adversaries. He called them enemies and foes. And they were described as evildoers wanting to devour him, wanting to destroy him. And there are many false witnesses breathing violence. They are not only happy putting him down, they really want to destroy him. And then in verse 3, he had experience being surrounded by host of enemies. And he was often engaged in war. In Psalm 3, David said, O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. They are rising up against me. They are saying of me, there is no more help for him in God. You know, when you are surrounded by problems left and right, you get scared. But pastor, I don't have enemies. There are no guns pointed at me. Well, yes, that's true. But the Bible says we need to be strong because we have a more vicious, a more cruel, powerful, and unseen enemy according to Ephesians 6 verse 12. This enemy was described by Martin Luther in a song he composed in 1500 entitled A Mighty Fortress. He wrote, For steel our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. If we confide in our own strength, our striving would be losing. No matter how intelligent, no matter how educated, no matter how you know, experienced we are, we cannot match our enemy. So how can we overcome fear if we are confronted by such kind of enemy? Well, we seek the Lord. We run to the Lord. We come to the Lord. Why is that? Because in the Lord, there are some things that will give us courage to face any problem. And the first one you will find in the Lord is beauty. You know, when I'm reading literatures about the gospel, it's only those who are in the Reformed tradition who can speak about the beauty of the Lord. In many traditions, we speak about what the Lord can do for us, the blessings, the joy, the prosperity. But in the Gospel Coalition group, in the Reformed group, we don't only look at God as a utility that we can use for ourselves. We run to God because of who He is. 
Look at what David said. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why did David want to always be in the presence of God? He was surrounded by enemies, both inside the court and outside. And his reason was to behold the beauty, the wonder, the splendor, the majesty of the Lord, and to reflect about those in his temple. I like the Living Bible translation of verse 4. One thing I want from God, the thing I seek most of all, is the privilege to meditate in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. Because when you are in trouble, all you see are ugliness. All you see are discouraging things around you. But when you are in the presence of God, things change. You begin to discern that there is beauty in your life. There is beauty in the world. There is beauty in the future. Because there is God in the midst of all this. In Psalm 63, I used that passage already here in Breadcom. When David was in the wilderness, in a desert, no water, no trees. And you call that wilderness howling, barren, dry, desert. And of course, the primary thing you want in that setting are two. Number one is water, and number two is shade. But not David. In that setting, he wrote, Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. You know, nowadays, we search for money. We yearn for affirmations. We long for, you know, uh, recognition. But not David. He was seeking for God, for his beauty, for his glory. <clears throat> Why is that? And David said in verse 2 to 5 of Psalm 63, I have seen you in the sanctuary. And what did he see? What is that beauty all about? Your power, your glory, and your loving kindness, which is better than life. You know, we seek so much from life. We want the fullness of life. But in David, I want the beauty of God. I want the loving kindness of God because that is much better than life itself. And when you are in the presence of God, when you are beholding His beauty, His glory, what happens in verse 5? My soul is satisfied. You know, when you go to Vikings and enjoy the eat all you can, <laughs> your tummy is satisfied. But after your time is satisfied, what happens? You're concerned about your cholesterol. <laughs> but when you're in the presence of God, when you're beholding the glory, the beauty, and the love of God, ah, your soul is satisfied. The word soul refers to the inner being that affects our outer being. I'd like to give you a story that we all know from the Bible. <clears throat> How can you see the beauty of God when all that you see are sources of stress? 
You know, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And then this guy Moses delivered them out of Egypt. And now they are moving towards the promised land. So Pharaoh initially allowed them and they even gave them money and riches. Whatever they asked, the Egyptians gave it to them only so that they will leave. But then Pharaoh changed his mind. He decided to run after the Israelites and take revenge. Why? They were not only leaving Egypt, they were leaving Egypt destroyed. All men had their firstborn sons killed. And what happened? The Israelites looked and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And look at their feelings. They became very frightened. Why were they scared? Because the army is running behind them. Before them is the sea. And on the other side are mountains. No wonder they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you took us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way, bringing us out of Egypt? You know, when you're scared, you even see beautiful things in a different light. They become negative. Why did you bring us here? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness. You know, when you're scared, the positive things in your life become negative. When you're scared, you tend to speak words that are hurting. So if you were Moses, what would you do? When the very people whom you helped did not even bother to thank you, now they were accusing you. So what did Moses say to them? In verse 13 of Exodus 14, do not fear, stand by and stand by and see. The people were looking at the Egyptians. The people were looking at the problems and they were scared. And then Moses was saying to them, do not be scared, stand by and see what? See the salvation of the Lord. You know, many times as Christians, we forget that. <laughs> we tend to focus on our bank accounts. We tend to focus at the lab test results. We tend to focus on, you know, people who are attacking us. We fail to remember what the psalmist say, I will lift up my eyes to the Lord. So Moses had to remind them, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Today. The Egyptians, you see, the Egyptians that you are scared about, that you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. Can you imagine, would it be great if somebody will tell you, the problem you now have, now you see, will be gone forever. Wow. Meron lang requirement si Lord. The Lord will fight for you while... Kasi yun ang problema eh. Mas malaki yung bibig natin kaysa mata natin. <laughs> You know, sometimes when, when God speaks something in His Word, it runs contrary to what we see and what we feel. 
So what do you do when you hear words like that? Look at verse 19. What's the dynamics? In verse 19, the angel of God who had been going on before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. Why was that? So the angel of God and the pillar of God were standing between the Israelites and the Egyptian army. So that there was darkness on the side of the Egyptians and there was light on the side of the Israelites. Thus, one did not come near the other all night. And then what else happened? There is a delay of about uh, five seconds. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea to the, so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots, and over their horsemen. So Moses obeyed the Lord, and the sea returned to its normal state at the daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And look at what happened. Not one of them remained. If you will notice, from this day on, Egypt will no longer be the power in the world. Because during that time, Egypt was the empire in the world. But after this, no more. Because they lost so much. So while they were drowning, the sons of Israel walked on dry land. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When the Israelites saw the great power which the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. So when we are scared, when we are confronted by troubles, crises on all sides, we don't have to panic, we don't have to freeze, we don't have to fight, we don't have to, 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 to run away. We just have to be still and pray that Lord open my eyes that I may see not only what people are doing, not only what Satan is doing, not only what I can do. Lord, open my eyes that I can see what you are doing. You know, sometimes God's beauty is not just seen. Despite fear, it can also be experienced. You know, last year, in my uh, unwritten bucket list, because I always go to Baraka with my wife and my daughter and my son-in-law, they have a place there. And I did something I really had been wanting to do the longest time. And I was not doing that because I have problem with my ear, I have vertigo, I cannot even ride at the back of the car because I get dizzy. But I want to experience, you know, that feeling that you are up there and you feel the breeze, you feel, you know, looking at Boracay from the other side. So I did this. And <laughs> You know, despite fear, I'm not saying I'm not scared, but I was able to do it. And when we were in uh, Sydney, there was a famous Lincoln Rock. And uh, although my wife was screaming, 
I wanted to not only see, I want to feel, you know, the, the, the wind passing, looking at the majest majestic mountains, you know. And when you look down, you know, <laughs> am I not scared? I was. <laughs> you know, when we are afraid, the fear limits us to do things that are great. And sometimes, the enemy of our soul is capitalizing on our fears so that he keeps us down there and we're not able to rise or soar as much as God intends for us to soar to the heights. Lord, open my eyes. Give me courage to see your beauty and to experience that beauty in my life. The second thing that can help us overcome fear is when we really believe in our minds and heart that God is not only beautiful, but in Him we can be secured. What's your source of security nowadays? Your bank accounts? Your work? Your health? Look at David. He was seeking to be in the presence of God because when day of trouble comes, David knew without any doubt that God will conceal him in his presence. In his presence, he will hide him and then he will lift him up on a rock and his head will be lifted up above his enemies. In Psalm 32, verse 7, Psalm 34, verse 6, and verse 17, David wrote, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Why? Because the Lord was his security. In Psalm 146, verse 3, the psalmist say, do not trust in government leaders, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. Even if he is powerful, his spirit departs. He returns to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. But how blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. It's really our tendency to put our hope, our help, our security in things or people we can see, we can touch, we can control, we can manipulate. And God, we don't see. God, we cannot control. God, we cannot manipulate. Especially the young people nowadays. They are so used to win in their, uh, you know, social media games. So when in actual life they are confronted by problems and they cannot win over their problems, they kill themselves. We need to let them discover that real security is in the Lord. In Psalm 27, verse 7, after the psalmist said, I would rather dwell in the presence of the Lord to see his beauty. In the second half of the psalm, the psalmist said, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me or forsake me. 
O God of my salvation, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. So David's security was completely in God. Tayo, our security are in our parents, in our diplomas, in our careers. And sometimes they fail us. But there is someone who will not fail us. Because he is our help, he is our salvation. In Psalm 121, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where will my help come? The tendency of people is to look up to, you know, objects of confidence that are unshakable, that are high, like the mountains. But the psalmist declare, my help do not come from the mountains. My help comes from the Lord. And who is this Lord? The maker of heaven and earth. And why are we secured in him? He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who protects Israel will not slumber nor sleep. He is awake the whole time. And if he has protected Israel, he will protect you. It does not finish there. In Psalm 121 verse 5, it says, The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The daytime, the sun will not smite you. The nighttime, the moon will not smite you. The Lord will protect you from all evil. The Lord will protect your going out and your coming back. The Lord will protect you from this time forth and forevermore. Sunlight, manulife, and other insurances can promise so much protection. But only the Lord can truly give full protection. The Lord does not get bankrupt. And His protection is daytime and nighttime. All kinds of evil. And God will see to it when you go out, you can come back. And your protection is forever. Isaiah wrote something that is beautiful. I always go to Isaiah 43 when I tend to be anxious. Look at Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you in the past. I have called you by name. You belong to me. No one can touch you. No one can snatch you away from me. You belong to me. You are mine. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your not only Creator, not only your Redeemer, your Savior. And why will He save me? You are precious in my sight. You are honored. And I love you. Wow. Do not fear. I am with you. Really? I am that special? I am that precious? Yeah, you are. You are. Oh, I hope when you pass through the waters, to the rivers, through difficulties, you will not be scared. <clears throat> the third, we come to the Lord when we are in trouble 
because there is beauty in him because there is security in him but for the meantime while the trouble is not resolved what do i do well we are performance freaks we are always concerned with what we are about to do no we are restless when we are not doing anything but can you just pause can you just not pause and be still and believe look at the psalmist i would have despaired unless i had believed believe in what that i would see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living you know it so happened before my uh, uh, before my what do you call procedure i was memorizing psalms again and i was memorizing psalm 27 so when i learned that uh, i was holes were put in my tummy and it did not finish it was closed because i will go to biopsy i will go to ct scan i was waiting to be afraid but honestly there was no fear because i'm reminded of that verse <laughs> i believe i would see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living so what do we do for the meantime when troubles are there when financial crisis is there when the big c is there when you have conflict what do you do look at psalm 27 verse 4 by the way this is very difficult to do wait for the lord you are not just waiting you are waiting for the lord okay and while waiting for the lord be strong let your heart take courage yes wait for the lord you need to wait for the lord in faith you need to wait for the lord in confidence that he will do something about it what's the basis of those people writing these things <laughs> psalm 37 39 says the salvation of the righteous is from the lord he is there he is there strength in times of trouble if you want a beautiful passage for that you go to isaiah 41 verse 28 to 31 because you have a god that does not get tired and when you're so tired when you're so worn out you know you come to this god and he will give you his strength so that you will soar up and fly like eagle you will run and not get tired you will walk and you don't have to crawl because you have a lord who can give you your needed strength my wife memorized psalm 46 i don't know whether she still memorized it <laughs> but that psalm says god is our refuge and and strength if you rely on your strength if you rely on the strength of people you will get disappointed but god he will be a present help in trouble though the earth should change even if there's an earthquake though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea though there is a volcano eruption though its waters roar and foam though there is a tsunami though the mountains quake at its swelling pride you don't have to fear you don't have to fear so what do i do for the meantime in psalm 46 verse 8 come behold the works of the lord not your works not my work and look at verse 10 stop striving let go relax know that i am god not you not them that the lord is god 
He will be exalted in this situation. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Stronghold. Last July 9, a known um, pastor, preacher, texted me and he said to me, Pastor, I'm so tired, I'm worn out, I want to give up. I want to give up. So me, I just said to him, Psalm 73, 28, it's okay to feel that way, but there is a God we can look up to. Psalm 73, 26 says, My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And then he responded, Yes, I know that. But I don't feel his presence. I feel he's so far from me this time. I don't even know what to pray. And I said to him, it's okay. It's okay. We may not know how, but he knows what is going on. He looks at your heart. He looks at your, you know, mind. That's why it says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. So I said to him, please, I will pray for you, but can you read Psalm 34? So the next day, I think he was operated. The second day, July 10, he said, Pastor, Thank you for your prayer and thank you for the text you gave me. Psalm 34 came to pass. He's okay. You know, time really comes to our lives when we feel helpless. When we feel, you know, we have run out of wits, run out of, you know, things or people to hold on. It's okay. Because there's still someone who remains beautiful, who continues to make us secure in his love, in his salvation, who continues to give us strength. This story is very familiar. I think here in Breadcom, it has been preached at least twice. And there is even a popular song taken from Second Chronicles 20. When Jehoshaphat became king, he was attacked by three nations, Moabites, Ammonites, and the Mayunites. In some translation, the Arabs. And when it was reported to him, a great multitude is coming against you. We read in verse 3 of 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat was scared. Jehoshaphat was scared. So what did he do? Did he run away? Did he freeze? Did he remain frightful? Did he fight immediately? Now, look at verse 3. He turned his attention to seek the Lord. Like David. He proclaimed the fast. So the whole nation that is being attacked sought the help from the Lord. They came from all cities and sought the Lord. I love that. I hope when we are confronted by difficulties in our lives, we will turn to the Lord. We will seek the Lord. We will go to the Lord. And what happens when you, when you go to the Lord? <laughs> When they were there in the presence of God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the Levites. 
And the message was, listen, O Judah, listen, O Jerusalem, listen, O King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, don't be scared. Don't be dismayed because of this great multitude. Siguro, if we are there, huh? Really? Why is that? The battle is not yours, but God's. You need not fight in this battle. You know, so many people I know are fighting battles. That's why they get hurt, they get wounded. Sometimes they, have not, they are even fighting battles that don't belong to them. You need not fight this battle. And what do you do? Like Exodus 14, station yourselves. What's the next word? Stand and, and see. What do you see? What the Lord will do. The salvation of the Lord. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them. The Lord is with you. Oh, I thought we will not fight the battle. How come we will face them? Listen, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord. You will be established. Put your trust in His prophets and you will succeed. So the king appointed those who sang to the Lord, those who praised Him in holy attire, as they went out before the army. So in the front line were Levites. And they were worshiping. They were singing. And what was their chorus? Give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness, which is better than life, is everlasting. That is applicable not only then, but even now. I love this. When they began singing, when they began praising, what happened? Who was working? The Lord was working. The Lord set ambushes against the sons of Edom, Moab, Mount Sinir, who had come against Judah, and they were routed. How did that happen? When the Lord set an ambush, they were fighting each other. They killed one another. So the Israelites simply took the plunder. Took the plunder. They did not fight a single soldier. They stationed themselves. They see what the Lord will do. So their declaration of confidence in the Lord is not simply based on a faith that is up there on high. Their declaration of confidence in the midst of trouble is based on their experiences when they were in troubles. You know, when Moses died and Joshua had to fight 31 kingdoms on the other side of the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua in Deuteronomy 3, verse 22, Do not fear the 31 kingdoms, for the Lord your God is the one fighting for you. And you know what happened? Joshua defeated 31 kingdoms. I love this passage from Psalm 50, verse 15. But why will he let me go through the trouble? Pwede namang hindi. Oo nga, pwedeng hindi. But God has a purpose. And what is God's purpose? Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you and you will honor me. Kaya ka pinadadaan sa problema, Para hindi yung yabang mo ang makita ng mga tao, hindi yung galing mo ang makita ng mga tao. Kung hindi yung galing ni God, you will honor me. So when we are scared, when we are in trouble, let's do what the psalmist did in Psalm 56 verse 3. When, we, when I am afraid, we do get afraid. What did he do? When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in the God whose word I praise. 
In God I trust, and what happens? In God I trust, and I am not afraid. So the distance between fear and confidence, not fearing, is determined by our trust in God. The sooner you put your trust in God, the shorter will be your troubles. There is a book entitled The Speed of Trust. The sooner you are able to trust your boss, the sooner you are able to trust your people, the faster you are able to accomplish your goal. So sometimes God brings or allows troubles to come to our lives so that we can exercise the trust in Him. And look at the last declaration. What can, men, what can mere mortals do to me? So let me summarize our passage. The opening statement, the Lord is my light, my salvation, stronghold of my life, whom shall I be afraid? So why will I have that confidence? Because of three things. Number one, there is beauty in the Lord. In your darkness, in your dark moments, the Lord can be your light. In your dark moments, in your tough times, the Lord can be your security. He can save you. And in your times of trouble, the Lord can be your stronghold, your strength. But pastor, those are David's. My name is not David, although a friend of me here, his name is David. <laughs> Hi, David. Good to see you. Huh? Thank you for coming. <coughs> what about us? What about you and me? What, how can we have confidence in times of trouble? David had the beauty of the Lord. David has light in the Lord. Well, somebody came and also provided us with God's beauty and God's light. In John 1, verse 1 to 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and in the Word is light. In His life, we see the light, and that light will overcome darkness. And then later on, seven chapters after, in John 8, 12, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, will not walk in darkness, will not walk in ugliness. Jesus is the light. And what about security? What about salvation? Well, when Jesus Christ came in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, He said, The Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. This is a worthy statement, said Paul in 1 Timothy 1.15, that he has been my Savior and delivered me from being the worst of sinners. What about the strength? Ah, this one is beautiful. In Acts 3.16, there was a paralytic, and the apostle said, in the name of Jesus, you see this man gain strength. In Philippians chapter 4.13, we can declare like Paul, I can do all things because of Christ, because of Him who will strengthen us. So this Lord David was talking about in Psalm 27 has come to show us the beauty of God, to give us security, and to give us experience of His strength. And look at the words that he gave in Matthew 10, 31. He said, do not fear. Like Isaiah 43, you are more valuable than many sparrows. You are more important than anything else. 
in John chapter 14, Jesus said, Shalom, peace. I, peace I live with you. And this is not ordinary peace. This is my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. But what if I am undergoing really terrible times? In John 16, 33, these things I spoke to you so that, Jesus said, in me you may have peace. In the world you have struggling difficulties. But take courage. I have overcome the world. And if I overcome the world, you will overcome it also. Let me end with a song I wish I could sing. <laughs> but we will sing. Okay, it's uh, our uh, music director here. You know, when Mark Altroge wrote this song, he was hoping, he was hoping that there will be some divine, mystical experience or you know, that he was in trouble and he can experience something. No, he said, those things are not happening. He was reading books about who God was. And as a result of reading those books, he came up with this song entitled, I Stand in Awe of You, popularized by Hillsong and Chris Tomlin. And he wrote, you are beautiful beyond description to marvelous for words, to wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. And then in the chorus, and I stand, I stand in awe of you, I stand, I stand in awe of you, holy God to whom all praises you, I stand in awe of you. That's the, the song. And then he added a second stanza that many of those other groups are not singing. He said, you are beautiful beyond description, yet God crushed you for my sin. In agony and deep affliction, you were cut off that I might enter in. Who can grasp such tender compassion? Who can fathom this mercy so free? You are beautiful beyond description. Lamb of God who died for me. I think so. If there is anyone here and you are going through tough times and from time to time you experience fear, you're going through very serious anxiety. This afternoon, we are being reminded by David that though you are not seeing any good prospects in your life, in God there is beauty. In God, there is salvation. And if you're getting tired and worn out, in God, in Jesus, there is strength. So as we pray, today why don't you do what the psalmist have done just to come and relax not to fight it out but to entrust yourself your situation your family your future to the God who is able to secure them if you are this person can you raise your hand and I'll pray with you today? Yes, yes, praise God. Other, yes, praise God. Other, others, yes. So those of you who raise your hand, say this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me for the many times I put my trust in people and in things. But today I heard your word. And by your grace, I put my trust in you. And Lord, I claim your promise 
that you will open my eyes to see your beauty. You will open my, my heart that it will be secured in you. And Lord, starting today, you will grant me your strength. This is my prayer with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. You may now be seated.